Welcome to How to Scale, the podcast by Frog Capital focused on helping software companies to successfully scale up. For more than 10 years, we have developed a solid understanding of the common challenges that scale-up companies face. With our group of operating partners, who have learned from years of experience, we have created the Scale-Up methodology, which brings together insights and tools to help improve companies' probability of success of reaching sustainable profitability. Each podcast looks at a different challenge that all companies will face on their way to scale. My name is Jens Düring. I'm one of the senior partners at Frog Capital, the investor focused on purpose-driven European software companies in the scale-up phase. Over the last 20 years, my own personal journey has led me to work in this space, challenging the status quo to identify better ways to tackle problems. Today's episode is focused on scaling technology products and teams with Andrew Bedley. Andrew has been leading software development projects and teams for 20 years as a CTO and consultant, having started as a developer and engineer. In our conversation, we will cover topics including scaling system architecture to prevent performance struggling and how a CTO transitions from being involved in everything to delegating effectively. To make sure you don't miss any future episodes, sign up for the podcast at propcapital.com slash podcast. Normally in a tech scale-up, you have multiple challenges in growing the tech organization. How often have you come across them? And then in your experience, how do you actually master them? Well, Jens, we, I mean, the answer of invariably, we will always see challenges of, of some sort to, uh, to scale-up. That may be in the technology infrastructure. It could be within the, within the size or the, or the structure of the team. If I look at the the uh, technology infrastructure, very, very often we will find tech stacks that have been built for, let's say, a thousand customers two or three years ago that are currently supporting 5,000 customers. And and the, the ambition for the business is to get to 100,000 customers. And so whilst the current level, the current volumes are being sustained, clearly there's going to be a point at which performance is throttled, system performance will, will suffer. And the trick is to not immediately jump on problems and begin re-architecting, but it's to understand at what point in the future will we start to see performance degradation and what measures need to be taken, what proportionate measures need to be taken by who and by when, and, and look to see how, how we phase that in over the course of time. And to look at where the gaps in, in tech might be today, where the gaps in capability are, and put a plan in place so that we recruit the right people, we move the right people, we structure the organization correctly, and we create a plan, a product development plan, a technology development plan to achieve that. Fantastic. That sounds like good general advice. But I'm, ask, I'm asking myself, Andrew, are there any kind of specific signs that you're looking for uh, to assess whether um, a company is set up to win this battle or whether they are on the back foot? Well, the first place to look is, is at the leadership, the, the CTO or, or, the, or the technical director, particularly, particularly in companies that are moving from that startup, from having demonstrated product market fit into, into scale-up and, and into that growth stage. It, it's, it's very common to find technology teams of, let's say, 10 or, or 15 where there's no clear role definition. And in fact, the team are, 
are immediately interchangeable with each other. Everybody is doing everything for each other. There's implicit trust. There's often a lack of documentation and, and everything is in the heads and the hearts and the minds of, of the growing from that size to let's say 20 or 25 is, is achievable without change but it becomes quite hard to manage and certainly growing beyond 25 to 40, 50, 100, it's impossible, it's not, it's not sustainable. And so looking to uh, work with the, the CTO and, and, and understand what changes do, do you think we need to make, not to get to 25 people, but to 50 without paralyzing or, you know, at worst destroying what has actually made the, the organization successful, you know, the, to the point where they've demonstrated this product market fit. And again, putting in measures and plans that make proportionate change at the right time that enables the, the technology organization to continue, it can continue with its momentum and continue to support the business. And that sounds quite easy to identify but I guess it's not. It is often easier to identify from the outside than, than it is from, from the inside. And we engage in due diligence, of course, and, and the, I always tell companies that the technical due diligence uh, should, be, should be an enjoyable experience. Often it, it isn't at the time, but, but importantly, the, the, the outside-in view can often highlight blind spots that have been created just because of the momentum and, and sometimes the, the insular view that, that organizations have because, the, because they're so focused and they're, and they're performing so quickly that often the obvious is, is just not visible. And so during a, a, a technical due diligence process, we'll be looking, of course, we'll be looking at the tech stack, the infrastructure, but we spend just as much time looking at the team, the leadership, the processes, the, the data, the security, the governance that underpins all of all of everything I've just I've just said. And what are the common pitfalls that you're seeing there? Where where companies go wrong? Often companies don't take action <clears throat> soon enough, despite despite knowing what the challenges are, despite knowing solutions that uh, that, that need to be implemented. I, I, I'll give you an example. It's it's quite common to see too many direct reports, particularly into a CTO where they've come through, found a CTO, they've come through the startup phase, they're, they're, they're now in, in growth, at, and it can become very, very frustrating for, for a C CTO to see what they perceive as a, as a slowdown. The, the momentum doesn't, it doesn't feel as fast as it would be as if I was doing this myself. And, and there are many causes, but, but actually often the, the, the causes in the, in the leadership delegating responsibility but not actually delegating responsibility, having too much oversight, giving the, uh, the objective, defining the outcome, and then being far too involved in the, in the, in the creation, in the, in the solution, in the, in the development of the, of the code, for example. And of course, having too many touch points or too many people, too many touch points, of course, is going to, is going to slow down development. And, and of course, the results are going to take longer to achieve. And that's a journey that quite generally is, is one that we've all been on. It's a, uh, a challenging one to go away from doing to actually managing a team that does. And in there, by just having somebody in there who is managing rather than doing, you have a perceived loss of efficiency, at least initially. So how easy is it for somebody who's been the CTO who has uh, coded the MVP to make that transition? 
it, it can be inc- it can be incredibly hard. The particularly for CTOs who've been developers. I mean, often you see advice telling advising CTOs to step away from the code, never get involved in the code, and 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 there's a reason. It's it, it's um, very very unusual to see two developers create a solution to a problem in in exactly the same way. And if I go back to my previous ex- example. To, to have unnecessary oversight in the in the in the creation of the solution is well it it, it just it it slows the operation down and, yeah. and by and, it, and it's not empowering and so you know to 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 your question what are the what are the challenges or or is is it difficult yes yes it is and and that's where Certainly, my involvement as an operating partner, a technology operating partner at Frog, I spend a, a lot of time in the early stages of our investment with the technical leaders and you know, the CTOs, the, the the product directors, listening to their challenges and comparing that to my my own personal experiences, but also the the experiences that I that I see across the portfolio, and I'm able to show them where the problems that they or the challenges that they perhaps perceive to be quite insurmountable have actually happened before and, and yeah. here was the way out and here was the way out and here's the way out sooner uh, rather than later. And I have to say from my experience, the journey from the first coder in a company, often mislabeled CTO, to be the CTO leader of an organization that has tens of thousands of customers is probably the, the biggest evolution. Yeah, and, and most often or quite often the skill set that the CTO initially has, the initial coder had, is probably more one of a head of engineering. And I'd like you to comment on it. I can see you being pensive, which obviously our, our listeners cannot see. Yeah, please comment. Well, I, I think that's true. And where does the, how does the proportion of responsibilities change through that life cycle from, from founding through, through startup, demonstrating the product market fit and and then into growth, and and you've alluded alluded to it in in your question. The CTO on on day one is, is has a set of responsibilities that are very very different to the to the CTO on on, on day one thousand. And, and why is that? Well, the organisation will have grown. The responsibility of the leadership team, not just not just the technical leadership, the, the CEO, the CFO, the CMO, it com- it completely changes. The uh, bringing it back to technology, it, the, the Representing the company, be, being at the uh, on the stage at the at the forefront, of talking about technology and evangelizing about technology innovation, that that's quite a big step to take when you're you're in startup mode and your sleeves are rolled up and and you're and you're not presentable, and having to having to make that change should happen gradually, but actually it it more often than not it's the the realization that. That so these changes in, in behaviors, these uh, changes in responsibility are required. Uh, the realization often happens much later than uh, than it should have. And that's why, for from my point of view, as a non-technologist, I describe success of that evolution to a CTO as one. It makes you sleep better and get out of your office earlier. I think that's I think that's I think that's very true. The the, the the breakdown for for a, a CTO in in scale up is less than thirty percent technology innate technology the the responsibilities to to the team to talent management to recruiting the right people to maintaining 
the, the, the numbers, the structure, the, the leadership development within the organization. And of course, as companies grow, as, as products continue to grow, the, the requirements of the, of the customer base, the client base also changes. They actually become less tolerant. And I've seen this firsthand, and I, I, I could remember in, in earlier on in my career, in a startup where I could, I could phone every one of our customers and announce myself as Andrew. That's it. They know who, they know who I am. And equally, they could, they could phone and, and they would be Dominic. And I, and I would know who they were. And, and we were immediately tuned in to what had gone on in the past, what their requirements were, what, what needed, to be, needed to be done. And again, that familiarity or believing that that familiarity exists as you go through scale up. Well, it, it, it falls off very, very quickly. And of course, the, the tolerance of the, of the customers who perhaps three or four years ago were bought in and wanted you to be successful, well, now they need you to be successful. And if you're not, they're going to go somewhere else. Indeed. Andrew, I want to run one other challenge past you, because what we see quite often is uh, in the battle between setting up the technology platform for future success and investing in immediate customer growth. Normally, the immediate customer growth wins because um, ahead of a funding round, that gives you a higher valuation. There's pressure from existing investors, from your other team members to just deliver on the current pipeline, on the current new customers, onboard them. The typical response then is that after the investment, somebody says, oh, there's a bit more technical debt than expected, and the pressure is immediately on the CTO and the tech function post-investment. How best to overcome this challenge? It, it's one of the most critical skills that, that a CTO needs, and, and, it, and, it, and it really boils down to good stakeholder management and the ability to push back, to contend, to be a good negotiator, to be able to trade off your requirements today versus your requirements tomorrow. But it's, it's critical to, to build and maintain a sustainable business that sounds obvious but in that to build and sustain a, a, a sustainable platform and a product so there will always be immediate customer requirements and they can be fulfilled but the more the, the more an organization continues to, to focus on that and and not on dealing with increasing levels of technical debt the the sooner the the organization gets to the end of the runway it's 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 a false economy to to not be able to, to to manage both and of course you have to manage both you cannot just focus on technical debt yeah the organization will go backwards it'll be overtaken and in addition the the not just the cto but the the, the entire company needs to be outward looking as well because just focusing on on technical debt or just focusing on uh, immediate customer requirements and not seeing what is going on in the, in the world around you, you can, you can very quickly come up to the surface and see that actually your product market fit no longer exists or you've been substituted or that you're no longer competing. Your, your differentiation is not competing on your product or your service, but, but price. And, and at that point, there's a, a complete reorganization of priorities is needed. Fantastic, Andrew. Coming towards the end of our allotted time, what are your two top tips for CTOs to take away? My first tip is focus on, on your team and on, on building the, the 
right team around you, not to be you, but to, to support you. All too often, why, why do companies fail? They, they, they run out of cash, the, the product is no longer viable. Next, the, the company doesn't have the right team to, to sustain, to build and, uh, and to innovate. My second tip, I touched on it just now, is look outside as, as well as inside, particularly in, in technology. Threat of substitutes is, it's all, it's, it's all too common and, and being able to pivot because of external changes is, is crucial. Thank you, Andrew. It's been very insightful indeed. The challenges in the tech functions are multiple and, and having somebody on board of your experience and, and caliber really helps all of our companies to master these challenges. The next episode is focused on being successfully acquired with Mike Reed. In our conversation, we'll cover topics including building value sustainably, shareholder and stakeholder alignment, corporate communications, mastering due diligence, and most importantly of all, planning well in advance. And finally, thank you for listening. We welcome all feedback, questions, or topic suggestions for us to cover in future episodes. So please email howtoscale at frogcapital.com. To make sure you don't miss any future episodes, sign up for the podcast at frogcapital.com slash podcast. Proc invests in purpose-driven European software scale-ups, making a positive impact on society. We look for businesses who have reached product market fit and are generating over 3 million euros of annual recurring revenue, what we see as a characteristic of the scale-up phase. It's a stage where businesses are continuing the path of positive growth, a purpose-driven route to sustainability and profitability. Our own purpose is to help scale the most exciting purpose-driven software companies in Europe. We do this with both Capital and our in-house team of operating partners who work closely with all the companies we invest in to overcome the inevitable challenges scale-ups face.